Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about the Trump rally versus the POTUS whisperer, Biden's big policies bombing in the polls, Biden's racialist order, and Gwen Berry and representing America. That's about the Olympics. And of course, I'll tell you, my very fine friends, why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I bet you already know there was a rally. President Trump, former President Trump, did a rally in Ohio over the weekend, and it was huge, or as he says, huge. And I want to just contrast it with, and then talk a little bit about why it was so well attended. It was in Ohio, and it was massively attended. First, I sent some things to Matt, but just first a picture of the rally. This is from a, a, a local newspaper in Ohio, took a picture of the size of the crowd at this rally uh, former President Trump held. Let's show that one first. Okay. And this, yeah, obviously massive crowds, and there was, you leave that up there, but there was also um, a, uh, numerous pictures taken uh, on the scene by other people present, as, as well as um, a, um, the uh, pictures of people in the waiting area. Like, literally, people couldn't get in. They, they waited in line and couldn't get in. Very uh, similar to when he was present. So, we could come back and talk to you for just a moment to say, you know, the... Uh, purported purpose of these rallies is at the very least to support the bringing back Republican majority to the U.S. House to the U.S. Senate. And so focusing on 2022 elections, uh, reference to 2024 elections. But this is a president who, uh, former President Trump, who has from the start always said basically he does not believe he lost the election of 2020. And so he is, but he's active in speaking up, trying to get Americans energized to understand the huge difference in outcome of policies between what he did as a pro-America, you know, pro-freedom, pro-strong uh, military, pro-secure borders, and what is happening under President Biden. So I asked Matt the one if I had a short clip to take of President Trump's remarks at his rally in Ohio. for the incredible turnout. There's thousands of people trying to get in. After just five months, the Biden administration is already a complete and total catastrophe. I told you, crime is surging. Murders are soaring. Police departments are being gutted. Illegal aliens are overrunning their borders. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. But the schools, when you take a look at schools and you look at all of the things that happen, left-wing indoctrination camps, critical race theory is being forced on our military. Gas prices are spiking, inflation is skyrocketing. And China, Russia, and Iran are humiliating our country. Joe Biden is destroying our nation right before our very own eyes. And I will tell you that he went on and on. Uh, the reason I wanted to do that, and I'm going to contrast it with a little montage of things that President Biden put out over the weekend. Um, and actually, they may date back a week or so before that. But it's a series of times in which he engaged so bizarrely with the media and therefore with the American people. I want to point out, and I've made, I know I've said this many times on the show and I'll say it again, leftists who think 
that somehow the reason that President Trump was so popular with conservatives, why he has such a massive following, he could produce a massive crowd at rallies all over the country, it was really not as many leftists try to claim because of his personality or because he's just a big rich guy. But what Trump said in his rallies, what he said about America, what he said about the importance of the goodness of America, the strength of America, the need to have actual borders that actually get enforced, which we, we do not, we've utterly abandoned borders now at the southern border. We have borders enforced. We have a return of that, that uh, pro-America, positive, love of America feel, uh, the notion that America needs to have a strong military in order to be uh, stable and secure, the idea Americans a sovereign nation, that we don't just capitulate on our policies to a, a wide variety of globalist organizations, whether it's UN or other groups like that, that America has a unique identity. And the identity is not at, at all, at all, tied to skin color, race, ethnicity, or national origin. This is what the left tried to tell America about why Trump is so popular. Somehow it was a secret uh, hidden code. You know, Trump is really using all the dog whistle language. And he's really just talking about racism. And, you know, everybody knows this, blah, blah, blah. This is what this is what the left tried to say about Trump and what I've been trying to say about him. I didn't even support him early on in the primary. To be very clear, I have friends who did. I did not. But what I came to realize, and millions of other conservative pro-America people came to realize, that even if they didn't like his tweets, even if they thought at some point some things he said were kind of unnecessarily brash, the fact was President Trump was leading the charge on restoring love for America. The recognition of why America is uniquely great. Nothing at all to do with skin color. But because the left doesn't have answers to the pro-America message Trump was bringing, because what the left is trying to push is so unpopular with the American people, we'll talk about this in a moment, so unpopular with the American people, the left doesn't have answers for the pro-America policies that Trump was pushing. And because they know, the leftists know, if they start saying, oh, we don't, that's crazy. Strong borders, who needs that? Enforceable borders, who needs that? I mean, this is what the left cannot counter the actual substantive things that Trump was pushing about America, that we actually don't want to be socialist. We like freedom. We like free markets. We like capitalism. We like opportunity. We want the, Amer the American history to be taught in our schools that reflects the unique greatness of our founding. No one's saying it's perfect, but the extraordinary greatness of our founding. Trump's campaign in 2016 and his presidency for four years helped Americans wake up to realize how they had been lulled into by American leftists, by leftist politicians, frankly, by some on the alleged right side of the aisle who go along to get along with the left, but they have been lulled into thinking and just kind of unthinkingly agreeing that America was in decline, that America wasn't great, that America's best days were over, that America really needed to surrender the whole idea of sovereignty and borders, that that was kind of old fashioned idea, that America really had to surrender uh, the idea of freedom and free markets and the abundant opportunity and prosperity those produced because somehow that wasn't fair to the world. Instead of exporting the ideas of America that other people could use, other countries could use, and also have prosperity and abundance and opportunity. Trump awakened the mindset of the American people to recognize America's unique greatness. Not him personally, but America itself as unique and great country founded on unique and great ideas. The left can never argue ideas. They can never argue policy because the policies they push, the people don't want. And the leftists know this. So they resort to calling anyone who dared support Trump, like Trump, vote for Trump. Somehow they were, you know, under, underneath it all. It was really just about racism or it was about some ugly xenophobia. The left attacked Trump because Trump was speaking pro-America, saying pro-America ideas. And the left has nothing to counter because they know they cannot tell the American people what they really believe in because the American people wouldn't vote for it. So you had Trump rally and, and what you saw, that enthusiasm, the thing went on for, I think, two and a half hours, some crazy thing. Trump didn't speak the whole time, but other people, 
other elected officials and candidates in Ohio did speak. But he talked for a long time, crowd is ecstatic, clapping on their feet, cheering, blah, 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 on their feet, cheering, and, and happy to hear this just love of America. I'm telling you, the idea after four years of Trump, the number of Americans who are finally awake to recognizing that the insidious, ugly mission of the American left to denigrate America in the eyes of American citizens, to denigrate the, the concept of America, this was a, a people were awake finally and realizing that what the left had been doing, and they are ecstatic, they were ecstatic, and they still are, with someone reasserting love of America. That's what you're seeing at that rally. Now I want to turn and, and just give a little montage. Biden, I, as I have mentioned, um, he who was inaugurated January 20th, Joe Biden, he has trouble in press conferences of all kinds, completing a sentence, making a direct response to the question asked, conducting a press conference. He can't even, he can't conduct one. He has to be, have notes from his handlers, call on, you know, Joe Smith in row three. He's from, you know, Reuters. I mean, they have to direct him, give him little pictures in the book. That, that's how he has to conduct a press conference because he's not mentally fit. He is suffering from some form of dementia, and everyone can see this. But he was the one the left would get through. He's still sitting in the office of the White House. So he has taken to, among many other bizarre behaviors, beside walking away in the middle or mumbling to himself, he's taken to whispering. And this bizarre, I mean, inexplicable, bizarre behavior of whispering into the microphone in response at press conferences. And somebody did a little montage on a tweet and I sent to Matt to have you get to hear. Uh, this is POTUS, the, the POTUS whisperer, Joe Biden. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're gonna be getting checks in the mail that are consequential. I wrote the bill on the environment. Pay them more. This is an employee's Employees bargaining chip now. What's happening? Okay. I mean, that was just a tiny montage. He's taken to this, to doing this regularly. And I don't know if he thinks it's somehow engaging or kind of clever or, you know, maybe they often say in public speaking, sometimes if you're really trying to get the crowd's attention, you lower your voice because people in public speaking tend to, especially a large room, they try to speak up. And sometimes it does help you kind of lower your voice. I don't know if someone told him that once years ago and he thinks he's doing that, but he's coming across so bizarrely. He is appearing so bizarre, mentally not stable. So I want you to contrast the size of the crowd listening to President Trump, the message of President Trump. He knows exactly what he stands for, what he wants, to, uh, what he did for the country, what he wants to do for the country, how the left's policies are destroying America. And you have Biden, the POTUS whisperer, pretty much making no sense in everything, every turn, everything he talks about, every place he goes to talk. And yet we're supposed to all in America say, you know, salute. Yeah, we have both Biden won. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm sure he won by whatever the number of votes they say he did. I mean, it, it's an amazing contrast. You know, I um, come back to our show, this show on Mondays. I can hardly tell you the number of stories I want to get to. So I shouldn't blabber this any longer, but I just want to celebrate President Trump's involvement in speaking to America, reminding America what conservative policies are. The other thing Trump did, by the way, in his candidacy and his presidency, was he really exposed not just how anti-American the American left is, the Democrat Party is, but really how weak, inconsequential, and unwilling to fight many people are, even on the right side of the aisle. He helped people see that. I mean, this is kind of a Tea Party mantra back when the Tea Party got going is they're kind of looking around under the Obama administration saying, where are the Republican leaders? Where are the strong leaders? Why isn't someone standing up? We're dealing with socialized medicine here. We've got the government doing all these bad things. And where are the leaders? So this is the other thing that, that uh, Trump did is he showed Republican leaders how to be leader. That's OK to be brave, to speak up, to say the hard things, say the true things stand up for America and the ideas the party claims to have stood for, he really gave more Republicans courage to do that and, and actually still is today showing them the way. This is how if you want to move forward and, and take back the country and inspire voters, say these true things. And there you go. That's my very, my, my very fine friends of today's first five.
Okay, I mentioned in the first five that Biden's popular, uh, he, the left and Biden in particular, they cannot, they cannot say what their policies are because the American people don't like them. They do not like the left's policies. In fact, I'm gonna get to a story uh, later in the week, probably tomorrow or Wednesday, but about the New York Times about having a meltdown when they finally realized that the guy who won the Democrat nomination for mayor in New York City on the Democrat side, he won by making Republican policy arguments. But I'm gonna save that for another day. I wanna get into this uh, kind of review of Biden's record. So I know the media is always putting out things about how popular Biden is. So we're talking about Biden's big policies bombing in the polls. So, you know, the media put out these things. Oh, my gosh, Biden's so popular. Can't believe it. You know, he's way up in the polls. You know, all this kind of exuberant excitement um, about how Biden is so popular. And obviously, you never can tell who they asked. And when it's a poll put out by a left wing source, you kind of go, oh, I don't think so. But anyway, Biden, um, there was polling done. Uh, this was... Um, Washington Examiner reported it, uh, but it was polling done by Harvard-Harris poll. Okay, left-wing pollster. This is Harvard. Harvard-Harris poll did a poll basically asking American people about fundamental, primary, talk about it every day, left-wing policies in this country and what do people think. So, and there's uh, Biden's big policies bombing in the polls segment. I want to tell you what I, why I say they are bombing. So Harvard-Harris poll um, had a, uh, a, one example. They were talking about illegal immigration. Now, you know, of course, that Trump had, and that was one of the great things he said in his speech in Ohio on Saturday, Trump had come up with some really great policies, remain in Mexico, you can't come here while, and then hang around and disappear into the uh, inner, inner um, you know, heartland of America while we're waiting to assess your asylum uh, application. Trump had remained in Mexico. Um, he had first country of origin, a whole bunch of policies that changed everything. It slowed down the migrant caravans. So the first thing the Biden administration did, of course, was uh, get, you know, get rid of all of Trump's policies that were actually helping slow the massive onslaught crossing over the southern border. So Trump did that. You know, Trump had great policies. Biden got rid of them all. So now we have pretty much an unenforced border not just unenforceable, unenforced border. We don't follow the policies that keep Americans safe. We don't keep po follow policies that stop people at the border. We just, uh, we, we've had experts on the show talking about what happens now. People come over the border and literally we put them on planes, ask them where they'd like to go. Where do you think your relatives? Oh, Cincinnati, yeah, here's a flight to Cincinnati. I'm not joking. It is, it is a complete joke. We have no Southern border. This is, this is the beginning of an end of a country, beginning of the end of a country. So polling about the, the Biden plan, three big policies that the left has been pushing, border, CRT, critical race theory, and crime. And when I say the left is pushing crime, they actually are pushing crime because they're pushing defund the police, get rid of uh, cash bail requirements. Uh, you know, unless you're a truly violent bad guy, you know, go ahead and just, you know, get booked by the judge and charge and, and let him go again and leading to just massive, massive increase in crime rate. So I want to ask you how popular you think that is with the American people. And the answer is, of course, it is not. So just as one example on the southern border. Again, left-wing poll. These people are going to definitely poll more Democrats than they should because this is how they do these polls to dupe the American people. But Harvard-Harris poll, overwhelming percent, overwhelming 80% of people polled said illegal immigration is a serious issue and one that needs more attention than what President Biden or Kamala Harris are giving. 80% of Americans... And it wasn't like, to be really clear, it wasn't like during the campaign that you had, you know, Trump saying, you know, um, yeah, we're going to keep on working on the secure border. We're going to keep it secure. We're going to uh, we're going to update our immigration laws. We're going to clarify our amnesty, our, our, our um, amnesty law. I mean, he was talking about actual policies and the left put some bl you know, blather out. But basically, everyone knew, you know, these people aren't as serious as Trump. And, and the left was accusing Trump of being xenophobic or racist because you wanted to have a southern border. But now, the reality check and the American people think 80%, 8-0 said immigration is a big problem and they want the president and vice president, they're not giving it enough attention, giving it attention that it needs. 68% um, said that signals from the Biden administration, 
meaning words, policies, the way they act, the way they ignore the border. Signals from the Biden administration are encouraging illegal immigration. I mean, it should be 100%. Who does not understand that? That what the left is encouraging illegal immigration. Who is saying, who, who those other, whatever that is, 32%, who think, oh no, I, I think that, you know, they're, they're trying to discourage it. They're obviously encouraging illegal immigration. And 55%, 55%, of the uh, America who you know, really, really didn't like Trump, supposedly, 55% believe Trump border closing policies all should have been left in place. So Biden's policy is not popular. American people like, uh, you know what, buddy, we have to have a border. And then, you know, there's this inane effort by uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, who finally wandered down to the border. She didn't actually go to the border. She went to like, it doesn't even matter. Another day, I'll tell you what, about Kamala Harris's little adventure to the border. It was just a complete joke. And then she managed to give a little speech at the end where she said, well, you know, we inherited such a mess at the border. They inherited the best border policy in I don't even know how many decades, and they've blown it in the first five months. Intentionally. Please understand. Intentionally. Secondly, on CRT, another huge leftist push, critical race theory. You only have to open the newspaper, open any website. And you search the internet and you'll find story after story after story of the American people, especially people who grew up in communist countries, who recognize that critical race theory is just Marxism, is just bringing government control over society that's intending to divide us. Critical race theory, profoundly unpopular in school districts, massive commentary now about the military, bringing critical race theory into the military. I mean, critical race theory is deeply unpopular and it's very, very hard for the left to hold back the uh, voices. And these are often minority voices. Uh, black Americans, Hispanic Americans are saying, what the heck are you talking about? We're not gonna divide the country by race and then fight with each other the rest of time, which is exactly the point of critical race theory. Third one, um, crime is obviously skyrocketing in this country. Crime is uh, simply over the top. And that among many other measures of the fact that the left's policies are so unpopular so unpopular. I mean, defund the police, send in a social worker, cut the bu cut the, the budget for a police department so they can't respond on time. I mean, story after story. Oh, in fact, I'll tell you a personal story just so you, on this whole thing of defunding the police. So we did this in Dallas. I mean, we didn't. The city council did. And they also tried to hide it and say, well, we're not really defunding the police. We're just reducing the overtime budget. Well, they know perfectly well in the city council that the overtime budget is vital to having adequate police on the ground. Vital. It is the way, I mean, they just don't put enough money in the regular budget, so they have to have an overtime budget. So talking to a young mom, she's got a baby, she has also a job, and she's telling me this story of her baby who's left home, she's a sweet little, like, like four or five months old, and um, so she has a nanny come in and take care of the baby while she and her husband at work. Then the baby starts choking on something. I don't know what, but the baby starts choking. The nanny calls 911, and it took the police 54 minutes to get there. She lives in the heart of the city, and there's probably a police department, whatever, you know, a few blocks away. It took them 54 minutes to get there. Fortunately, the lady, the nanny, was able to you know, take care of the child herself. But this is just one line, tiny little story. Defunding the police. I mean, who actually thinks? I mean, beside, you know, crazy leftists like AOC and other radical socialists, who on the, on the ground in America, what person living in a low-income area, a high-crime area, would vote for, oh, I'm for that, defund the police. Let's reduce the number of police officers and send a bunch of social workers in. Surely that will stop the guy who's at my door with a gun. I mean, I'm getting at nothing the left actually wants to do is popular or desired by the American people. Nothing. And when they run for office, they get a few loudmouth people spouting things off, and then the candidate, the one who's standing there, like Biden, who is pretty much a you know inanimate prop, just standing there looking, you know, they thought, I don't know what statesman like, senior, like grandpa or something. So they don't associate the crazy of the left. The AOCs and the uh, Democrat Socialists of America and all the, the radical left that's taken over the Democrat Party, people don't associate that with, with or didn't associate that with Biden. They're like, well, he seems pretty harmless. You know, he's a mainstream Democrat. So come to find out everything they're pushing and everything they want 
is unpopular with the American people. I mean, lots of data about that too, uh, but I'm not going to run into that right now. I, I just want to get the point. No one wants what the left is doing. But I want to, uh, one other thought on this topic of Biden's key signature policies, deeply unpopular with the people. The polling says so. The other thing to remember is that the left has nowhere to go to fix these things. The left has nowhere to go. They have positioned themselves on the American political playing field, in the American political conversation, in the arena of ideas. They have positioned themselves. We're the ones, we never will secure the border. We're happy with an open border. We might pretend we care, but everyone can see we're not enforcing the border. We're not even trying to enforce the border. We're, the border's a joke. It's like an invisible line. People just walk across and go where they want. This is what the left, but they, and getting it, they have nowhere to go. They can't say, hey, you know what? Turns out Trump might've been right. We actually need a strong border. We actually have a massive problem with caravans of illegal aliens pouring across the Southern border, coming to America for free housing, free healthcare, free education, free everything. And you know, we, we're, we're letting them in because we have no capacity to enforce the border. They have nowhere to go. The radical left in this country that pushed all these ugly ideas abandoning the border, critical race theory, defund the police. The radical left is a bunch of old white communists, not all old, a bunch of white communist socialist Marxists who've always liked these ideas. They get the AOC, the young face out there talking about this and they have the Democrat Socialists of, Socialists of America speaking up for their policies. These are crazy communist party ideas cooked up by crazy hysterical ignorant white people, uh, old liberal radical communist type people, and these are the policies the Democrats have now embraced. They've, they're living what the, the communists wanted them to do for decades. Get rid of the border, continue talking about raising taxes and massive taxation, redistributing wealth, and everything is equity, 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 not equal opportunity. The left, I'm getting at the point, that if some of you out there are Democrats or you have your Democrat friends who think, well, okay, the left is a little bit far gone. This is right now, but you know, still they'll come back to the, the base ideas of Democrat party. No, that's gone. There is no place for Biden and Kamala Harris who aren't really running the show, Barack Obama, I'm gonna pick your name, Valerie Jarrett, George Soros, whoever's really running the country because it's certainly not Joe Biden. They have nowhere to go. They, and they actually want these policies because they want the outcome of the growth and power that they will get, but they can't back down. They can't now say after investing untold hours of speeches and talks and idiotic academia, papers and letters people are writing, they can't all of a sudden say, uh, you know what, actually critical race theory is really, really bad and forget about that. They were invested in it. They can't get away from it. Their policies will forever be destructive of America. The only way to end the policies is to get them out of office. Biden's policies, your takeaway from this segment, Biden's policies are exactly what the anti-American, radical, Marxist, socialist, communist party always wanted. They finally got someone whose strings they can pull, a puppet in the White House who has no idea what day it is, doing their bidding, They've won, they have the radical left, that, that core radical Marxist left voting for them. They can't come back to center. They can't come back to what are, and I'll tell you something else about Trump's policies before I get to my next segment. The Trump policies, having an adequately funded military, using the military to stop evil forces in the world like ISIS, which you know Obama said would take, you know, whatever he said, 20 or 30 years, you know, it took Trump six months. Using the, the ideas of using our military to keep America safe, having the military adequately funded, to have an enforceable southern border, to actually enforce it, to insist that people who attempt to cross have some legal right to come here or else they can't. To have a policy that says if you're really here and you think you meet our asylum standards, you want to apply for asylum, wait in Mexico, fill out your form, and we'll let you know. 
that kind of policy, bringing back jobs from overseas that were sent over there because of decades of poor policies with respect to trade policies with other countries, bringing back manufacturing, bringing back jobs, bringing back love of America, bringing back love of freedom. These are not radical ideas. Trump's ideas, America first, the whole concept of everything I just, li everything I just listed and many more of the Trump ideas, these are main street, mainstream, apple pie, center America. And it is where I'm telling you, we're at least 70, 30 in this country percent, meaning 70% of America is right with Trump and what he wanted. Maybe they don't like him personally, they don't like his tweets, they don't like his mannerisms, whatever they don't like. But what Trump was pushing are mainstream, main street America. They're not radical right, they're not far right, but because the left in this country and the media that is their echo chamber was so determined to destroy him, among the many things they did was paint Trump's policies as far right, extreme, racist, xenophobic, all the other stupid titles they gave, no connection to reality no connection to reality. And I think there are millions of Americans waking up and recognizing we had it pretty darn good under President Trump, even if we didn't like his tweets and we didn't like his hairstyle and we didn't, you know, he looked too orange, whatever else they thought about him, they realized the policy was, policies he was bringing to America made America secure, strong, and safe for every single person, regardless of race, ethnicity, national origin, or skin color. The right ideas bless everyone. I want to turn to you and talk. The next thing I want to talk about is Biden's racialist order. And you know, I, I, I struggle with words to call about, uh, to do about this. But so the reason, as I've been telling you for months, probably years, that the left is obsessed, obsessed with talking about race, with claiming people they don't like are racist, for claiming racism exists under every rock, around every corner, in every institution, the reason they are obsessed with it is because it is such an offensive thing in America to all Americans, the idea of racism. The idea of racism, the idea of, of, of bigoted discrimination based on race is so offensive and, and should be, and it is, it's rightly offensive. But the idea of racism is so offensive to most of America that this is why the left uses it. This is why they make claims like you know, well, this policy that said we have to have a secure southern border. Well, that's really about race. You know, people not liking people don't look like them. I mean, the left of the go to attack on every conservative policy is to talk about race. And the left believes they can garner a majority of people to vote for the Democrat Marxist agenda going forward by continuing to try to divide America by race, skin color, race, ethnicity, national origin. This is, this is bread and butter of Democrat policy and Democrat strategy. Bread and butter is to talk about the races and talk about inherent racism, systemic racism, institutional racism, whatever way you can stick the word racism in the title, the left does it uses that allegation, uses that accusation to get power. It's not because, I mean, I don't even know what they really think or if they even think. Many of them, they just know what's our talking point. Oh, okay, now this is racist, got it. Now this is racist. Everything's about race. So we've been watching critical race theory, obviously a huge topic, talked about many times on the show. I had a conference last week in which I, we talked, it was a great conference. Oh, oh, by the way, we're gonna make the content of that Critical Race Theory Conference, which was in Dallas last week, available on our website very shortly. Our website is americacanwetalk.org. And uh, if you, I'm telling you, you'll watch it and you'll, you'll be enlightened. You'll, you'll really, really appreciate um, the, the thoughtfulness that went into all the speakers' comments about Critical Race Theory. So that'll be available on our website soon. So back to what Biden did. Biden issued a new executive order, and, and he basically is, is mandating, mandating at every level of the federal government, every agency, you know, and, and the tentacles, I meant to look up the numbers, I didn't, but the tentacles, the number of people this impacts, the, the employees at the agencies and the sub-agencies and whoever, just, just every, you know, the, the massive slithering snakes that constitute the federal bureaucracy, this applies to all of them. 
mandating race training at every level, race training, and including lectures on white privilege and male privilege. The white privilege agenda is all about sowing racial division. There is no agenda, no mission, no hope, no even stated goal, nothing. And what the left is trying to do, there's no stated goal where you say, okay, now we have a better understanding. Let's move forward and treat each other and speak to each other and deal with each other based on the content of character. That is nowhere to be found in critical race theory, nowhere to be found in Biden's new executive order or anything the left is doing. They cannot get to the point where Americans actually treat each other based on character. They are permanently, they are attempting to permanently divide America along the lines of race. And so you have Biden's new order, uh, mandating race training, every level of government, white privilege, male privilege. Um, and, you know, these are being done, by the way. I mean, Biden has a lengthy order out, and I'm pretty sure I put a link to it. So at our website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop down list of link. I think I linked to the actual order um, in the uh, coming out of the White House. It's very lengthy. It's uh, 11, 12, 11 pages. Um, and basically just running through what they have to do to comply with this new executive order. And that is, I could summarize it in about one paragraph. It is to obsess about race, to treat everyone based on their skin color, to obsess about race and claim that race has everything to do with, with every interaction, every policy, every agency, everything that happens, it's all really about race. And again, understand the reason that they do this is not to build bridges of racial understanding. It is not to have people understand each other better. It is not to have all of us come together and have a more universal experience as Americans. It is to accuse people. It is to create a massive uh, group of Americans who are considered the, uh, the victims, the repressed, uh, people of color, anyone of any minority race, ethnicity, national origin, skin color, you're all the victims, and is to implant outrage in their minds. Implant outrage, claim they are living in a society that is unfair, it burdens them, treats them. This is the whole purpose. And they do this because it grows their political power to the extent they can get people to buy into, well, I'm a victim, yeah, well, I'm joining the victim group, yeah, I'll, I'll be in that victim group. And they're trying, obviously trying to put women in their massive victim group by talking about male privilege. So you have just a, a sea, a, a, just a, a, a mountain of complaints uh, and, and allegations about racism, about uh, male privilege, and so therefore women are all victims, about racism, so everyone who doesn't happen to be Caucasian is a victim, and that's your place in society, to play the victim role, to complain, to demand rights and, and benefits because of your victim role, and to permanently stigmatize the people who don't have any place to go in that victim massive group they're trying to create. There's no good mission, there's no outcome there's no place they say okay now you know we, we've talked through the past we're here now we're all americans let's come together there's no, none of that it is to permanently divide and i, I just can't and I, I just can't tell you I, I know i'm repeating myself but they understand that this is is in divisive they understand it will lead to a division they can't fix and they don't want to fix it they don't want to fix it this division gives them power. Very, very important to understand. So actually, there was a study out of Harvard that um, talked about when companies invest in these kind of um, programs, you know, when they decide they're going to have uh, diversity program, diversity training, and diversity training is uh, it's all code word, diversity, inclusion, all these words, they're all code words, essentially for the idea that we're going to somehow divide our company's employee group or divide some agency's employees by race, and we're going to categorize this group as victims, and you are the oppressors, and so everyone who's oppressor must apologize forever, and everyone who's a victim deserves uh, anything that we can think to, to fix their poor plight in life. Anyway, Harvard did a study. You got to know they wanted it to come out opposite of how it came out. But they basically did a study that said all this diversity training in American institutions, American companies, they don't make it, the companies do not emerge fairer. There's not a fairer measure somehow when you get done. 
and it tends to threaten and alienate white employees, white men, threaten and alienate them. I mean, because there's nothing about it that's trying to say, let's look at each other, let's get past skin color. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your wife and kids. You know, did you have a struggle growing up? Was your family poor? Were they wealthy? How about your education? There's no getting to know each other as people, leaving skin color out of it. It's all about permanent divisions. Even Harvard had to admit, this does no good at all. So you might ask yourself, because Harvard's not the only one, other organizations have also done similar studies and come up with the same answer that all of this massive obsession with race does not improve anything. In fact, it makes things worse. It makes people more resentful because a lot of people, I, I mean, I'm, I have dear friends who are black conservative friends who are offended to be told, yeah, you know how, you know how we see you? You're just a victim. You're kind of helpless. You're, you can't barely function in life. You can't, you, you can't function in school. You can't function getting a job. You can't, I, I mean, you're just a victim and you're helpless and your only plight in life is to join the victim mob and defend and demand action out of Washington or out of your state capital. Many black conservatives are, are just saying that is hogwash. I don't feel like a victim. And many white Americans are saying, I, you know, I, I don't have, I mean, I try very hard to be fair, to love my neighbors, myself, to treat each other equally. And I don't want to be uh, cast into this ugly predefined category by the, uh, by the leftist white privilege CRT crowd as an oppressor. I, I'm not going to accept that role as I'm an oppressor. They're just not willing to do it. So all of this talking and talking and talking and talking about race makes things worse for everybody. Except I think the Democrat party because they think it gets them more votes. The greatest thing of all would be if more Americans would wake up and recognize this and they would find that this endless, relentless obsession with race was actually turning off the American people who would rather hear their policy ideas on all sorts of issues like taxes and you know housing regulations and uh, gas prices and secure borders and jobs and free markets. Also the things that actually matter to people. I think if, if the Democrat party could realize we're tired of your obsession with division, just tell us what you stand for. Then the left would really be forced to fight among themselves and figure out how do we distinguish ourselves from the policies of America first, which actually were very popular and also worked. One last topic for today I want to hit. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy. There's a woman um, who is in the Olympics. Or the Olympics haven't started, obviously, but uh, her name is Gwen Berry, and she is a um, hammer. She, I think it's a hammer thrower. I'm not familiar with this sport, but in any case, um, the Olympics are having kind of trials in America. You know, they're gearing up to, to have the Olympics. And so they had uh, trials in, I think it was Oregon. And um, there's one woman who uh, is, she throws, I'm going to make sure this is right, a hammer thrower, I think. Anyway, so they have the, you know, they, they give awards just like they will at the real Olympics. They say first place, second place, third place, you come up on stage and they honor you because you did, you know, that you uh, placed well in the competition. She refused to honor the American flag. I sent this picture to Matt the Wonderful. I want to show you this picture. Uh, this is Gwen, the, the woman on the left, Gwen Berry, is apparently, uh, she came in third place. The, the other two ladies, you can see, have their hands over their heart while the national anthem is playing. And so the national anthem is playing, um, and she, it was a hammer throw event. And she um, turned her back on the flag, and then she eventually covered her face with a t-shirt that had the words activist athlete on it. And then she afterward complained because she said she understood that the national anthem would not be played while she was on stage because everyone knows she doesn't like it. She doesn't like the national anthem. She didn't want it to play while she was there. She felt she got tricked. Uh, the Olympics people say, no, actually, it's the same procedure with everybody. Same procedure with everybody. And she's making statements that she's gotten criticized by the media. Uh, she's had people questioning her, you know, why, why would you turn your back on the national anthem? Why would you turn your back on the American flag? And, you know, she's a Black Lives Matter activist, been very outspoken. Uh, and I always tell you, Black Lives Matter is a Marxist movement. You can agree that Black Lives Matter, which of course they do, and everyone else's life matters too, but Black Lives Matter itself is a Marxist anti-American movement. And she's a you know, living proof. She would not honor the flag. So uh, she got some criticism. 
And then she has some responses to the criticism I wanted to share with you. Um, one was that um, to a Fox reporter who asked her something, um, her uh, response to him uh, was the F-bomb. I won't say it out loud, of course, but was the F-bomb. So she, uh, that was her answer, um, you know, F-U. Um, but she had some other responses because she said with... Um, you know, she, she, everyone knows I will not uh, disrespect, I will not respect the flag, I will not honor it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm trying to get the exact language she used uh, because um, she had a, um, she had some language I thought in a tweet. She was responding to criticism and she had some language in a tweet I thought was really, 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 really insightful. I can't find it quickly, but she said, why is everyone saying I hate America? I don't, you know, I, why is everyone, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say I hate America. But then she said in her tweet, I love my people. What's my people? I mean, it's not the same. My people could mean everyone in the United States of America, but I don't think so. Um, and instead she said, uh, in fact, she responded originally um, and uh, was just, just outraged by all this criticism. Um, and she said, uh, she, she, first of all, did tweets about George Floyd and how can you expect me to respect the flag? Uh, FU Fox News was another one uh, that she put out there. Um, and then she ended up with, I, you know, why can you say I hate America? I love my people. And so various people weighed in, you know, various uh, officials of the Olympics, various politicians have weighed in, uh, Ted Cruz has weighed in. And, um, then, and then Joe Biden weighed in, or actually not Joe Biden, but the White House weighed in, I think through Jen Psaki, and had to say, basically, or Saki, whatever you say her name, um, anyway, she responded defending this Gwen Berry woman, defending, basically saying, Biden, Joe Biden, he who was inaugurated January 20th, respects Gwen Berry's right to turn away, respects her right to turn away, um, and uh, said because uh, part of being a patriot, uh, she respects her right to turn away um, from the protest uh, and basically respects her right because she has the freedom and basically to think what she wants and, and to believe what she wants. And so part of being a patriot means to recognize you know, that you know, she's living up to her highest ideal and that's what she thinks. So he's defending her saying, hey, you know, she doesn't want to honor the flag because she doesn't like America too much or because she's got complaints about the American justice system and uh, in particular George Floyd. Prior to George Floyd, by the way, she had been a protester before that. She was not, she didn't get newly energized politically because of George Floyd. But I want to make a couple comments about that because I've seen some things conservatives have said, and I think it's really important to get these ideas clear. In America, everybody has the right to free speech. Everybody has the right to say, I believe in America, you know, and um, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. I believe in these things. People have the right to say I don't believe in it. People have the right to say, you know, I, I, I love Black Lives Matter. Others say I don't like Black Lives Matter. You have the right to do that. And as a private citizen, you have the right, you know, to go to a uh, event of any kind and refuse to stand for the flag. You have the you refuse to you know, put your hand over your heart for the national anthem. You, you have your right to do all those things. We say the Pledge of Allegiance. You don't have to do that. You're not forced. America does have that basic freedom. But somehow, leftists like this woman and her defenders have lost sight of the fact that just because she has the right to say what she thinks and her, her turning her back on the flag and the national anthem is a form of speech. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a statement, even though she's not saying words. It's a statement. She, and so in America, you do have that right. But number one, you do not have the right to be free of other people criticizing you. She's being harshly criticized. I harshly criticize her. I, I am sick and disgusted by her behavior. But does the leftists have somehow propped up their own anti-American hatred, like this woman's anti-American hatred, into something that is not only she has a right to say, which she does, but that the, the rest of America has to just shut up, can't comment on it, can't criticize it. She should be criticized by the media, by the Olympic Committee, by, by many, many people. 
you don't have the right to be free of criticism. And you just think about the hypocrisy of this. The American left spends all day long, the media, the Democrat medium up, all day long, criticizing every word Trump says. Trump can say, what a beautiful day. And you can find someone saying, well, that was actually racial undertones there. He was trying to send a signal. No matter what Trump says, the left will criticize, find some basis to say it was racist, and they find basis to criticize everyone who supports him, everyone who supported strong borders, everyone who supported his policies with respect to refugees, immigration. I mean, Trump will take action as president within his power and the media goes wild, very, very comfortable with attributing evil motives to the actions he took, whether it was securing the border, refugee orders, or the actions of people who show up at Trump rallies and are cheering him on and waving flags. The media will pillory them all day long of being ignorant, you know, two teeth in your mouth, flag-waving fools who don't have any idea what, what America is all about. I mean, they will criticize people for their speech all day long. But this woman is acting like it's outrageous that people dare criticize her. She's, I mean, and this is, I'm totally serious about getting this point because this is what the left teaches her. This is what she's learned in the American education system. She's learned that it is enlightened, that she's above the crowd. She's actually smarter than the other people and, and more correct intellectually because she hates America. And she's outraged that anyone dares point out her attitude, point out that she is, that, that they are appalled and disgusted by her hatred of America. That's point number one. She has freedom of speech and everyone in the country has the right to criticize her. We have just as much freedom of speech to criticize her as she does for saying what she said, for doing what she did. But number two, this is not a private event. This is the United States Olympics. When she goes, assuming she goes to the Olympics, she's representing America. I cannot imagine any other country in the world agreeing to send and you know in our case an america hater to the olympics to represent america if, if they decide tomorrow you're out i would cheer them on we have to stop you know she's i mean when you represent america as an olympian as a an olympic competitor you are representing our country and if you cannot act right about the flag stand up hand over heart sing the national anthem all the things you're supposed to do, you don't, you're not entitled to go, be an America-hating Olympian. You're not entitled. And if they took her, took it away from her, I would love it. I would love it. Just say, you know what? We have uh, plenty of other people who will stand for the flag and stand for the national anthem. And if you can't do it, you're out. This would be a fabulous message leading to my third point, which is this. We have lost ground in America. Conservatives, pro-American patriots have lost ground in the American political conversation because we have bought into the argument the left makes about everything that all ideas are mutually, equally, morally valid. The moral, it's called the moral equivalency of all ideas. We have bought into this leftist, it, it started out really being the leftist trying to say, well, you know, you may really believe in um, your religion and you have freedom of religion, you believe in religion, but other people don't. And they have the right to not believe. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. In, in America, you can believe, you can be, uh, you know, atheist, agnostic, you can be, a, you can be an anti-Christian uh, anti agitator, which there are many of them. You can be all those things. In America, we have free markets. We have freedom, which have, has given America the most abundant, prosperous, opportunity-filled society in world history. That's what America is. And you have leftists saying, no, I think socialism would be better. I think we should trend toward communism. I love Marxism. And we have the left arguing, well, these are two equally valid ideas. I mean, you happen to love capitalism and freedom. We love socialism and Marxism. Hey, equally valid. You could run through this litany in a hundred categories. And part of the way the left has silenced conservatives is because we buy into the argument that we have to pretend that these ideas are more have moral equivalency. And they don't. The left pushes ideas that are destructive to this country, destructive to our freedom, destructive to our culture, to our society. Freedom and free markets, capitalism, is not morally equivalent 
with socialism, Marxism, and communism. Those are evil, ugly doctrines that have been responsible for the death of in the range of 100 million people since they made their ugly presence on Earth a couple of centuries ago. That's where we are. That's what's happened under communism, Marxism, socialism, you have the American left trying to say these are equally valid ideas. No, they're not. They're garbage ideas. And people on our side, the ones who actually understand freedom and free markets and the Constitution, the Declaration, and all the great freedoms of America, we do not need to indulge and say, well, you know, they have their ideas, we have ours. Yes, that's true. We have ideas, they have ideas. We don't have to act like they're morally equivalent because they're not. Many of the things the left is pushing as more and more Americans are waking up and realizing, as we're watching the Obama, I'm mean, excuse me, watching the Biden administration destroy this country, destroy the borders, destroy the economy, destroy the military, we're watching it right before our eyes. More Americans are waking up and realizing, actually, the left's ideas are pretty, pretty awful. Let me say one more thing about this, then I gotta wrap it up and go to why it matters to you. But part of the argument uh, by leftists like this, I don't know if she's made this argument, Gwen Berry, but some leftists do, is, well, how can you honor America when we used to have slavery and we used to have segregation and we used to have women couldn't vote, all the other things that, we, that used to be? Honoring America, saluting the flag, standing for the national anthem, does not mean you're saying that you think America was always perfect. No one is saying America was always perfect. No one's saying it's perfect today. No one's saying it's perfect. The, the ideas of it are the best ideas that ever created a country. And they were ideas arrived at by profoundly wise founders who actually were familiar with ancient philosophers and they read and they studied and they brought the Judeo idea of, of, from the scriptures about the rights of man into the very heart of the formation of America. That's what America is, and it is better. Those ideas are better than the ideas that formed any other country. Those ideas, a country founded on those rights and those ideas, they are better. It doesn't mean you don't like other people, you don't like other countries, you love your neighbors yourself, you, you want the, everyone in the world to be blessed with the freedom and opportunity we have. We've got to, and this is part of, again, what Trump restored in America. He restored the idea it's okay to think America is great unique and extraordinary. It's okay to think that, it's okay to say that, it's okay to believe that, it's okay to protect that truth. That's what Trump brought to America, which is why he drives leftists out of their minds. I close the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our show today first with Trump rally versus a POTUS whisperer. Uh, Trump's June 26 rally, Ohio rally filled to capacity, enormous overflow crowd, America's ruling class and the radical left will never get it. Trump's popularity is not about his personality, it's about his message. Rally crowds are Americans of every race, ethnicity, and economic background. Americans love their country and their freedom. They are disgusted with the divisive, hate-filled, disparaging rhetoric and politics coming out of the Biden administration. Meanwhile, Biden is whispering at press conferences weird, Creepy, ridiculous, bizarre. I could keep going, but I won't. Okay. The ruling class insists Joe Biden got 80 million votes because they hate Trump. Trump rallies and Biden whisperings, they paint a very different picture. And Biden's big policies bombing in the polls, even a Harvard Commission poll cannot escape American realities. Large majorities of Americans are very concerned with lax border security by the Biden administration, unhappy with Biden administration encouragement of illegal immigration. They see it. They recognize what Biden and team are doing. Alarmed by increase in crime, do not support Biden administration attitudes about defunding the police, blaming guns, critical race theory, and a whole bunch of other things. Democrat mayoral primary in New York City, the winner, the Democrat primary for mayor, the winner is a pro-police Eric Adams. Loser, I don't know the person's name, whoever AOC endorsed. Biden administration is plainly governing against the will of the American people. Did Biden really receive 80 plus million votes? I don't think so. Okay, and then we had Biden's big policy, we had Biden's uh, racialist order, Biden ordering, CR ordering CRT race-based training throughout the government, turning away from any emphasis on merit. 
rejecting MLK's standard of content of character in favor of physical characteristics. There's absolutely nothing good that will come out of race-obsessed policies. Is there anyone who wants a pilot, a surgeon, a lawyer, an engineer, a plumber, an electrician, etc., 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 chosen without top priority with regard for merit in the relevant skill experience set? Do you really just want a whole country where people got to the position because we imposed equity by race rather than actually learning what they had to learn? Americans are seeing through the radical left's agenda raid, critical race theory, racialism. It's not offered honestly and in good faith as an improvement to American culture. It's the destruction of American culture. And finally, Gwen Berry in Representing America, athletes have every right to their opinion and the right to express it. They have no right or reason to expect to be free of criticism when they do so, because every American has the right to an opinion and the right to express it. The expectation that the U.S. Olympic team should proudly represent America is nothing more than common sense. It is the USA Olympic team. It's possible to maintain pride in America without claiming America is perfect. That has always been the basis for saluting the flag and respecting the anthem. The radical left's anti-American hatred is poisoning everything. USA Olympic team organizers shouldn't be afraid to insist on basic patriotism. If you won't honor the USA flag, why are you on the USA team? And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can you America, can we talk truth about America? Can you hear